Thanks for listening to Vermont Edition. I'm Andrea Lorian, one of the producers on the show, and what you're about to listen to has been edited for clarity and brevity. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Welcome back to Vermont Edition. I'm Michaela Lefrac. President Ulysses S. Grant is often revered as the savior of the Union. As commanding general of the Union Army during the Civil War, Robert E. Lee surrendered to Grant at Appomattox. He was twice elected president and was the father of four children. But who was he really? And what drove his attitudes around race and reconstruction after the Civil War? These are some of the questions that Vermont author John Clinch grapples with in his latest novel, The General and Julia, which came out this past November. Clinch has written several books, including Kings of the Earth, which was named the best book of the year by The Washington Post in 2010. He joins us now. John, welcome. Hey, how are you? I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad you could join us. And listeners, if you, if you it's have... It's a dream come true. Oh, Vermont good. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you. And listeners, if you are a fan of John Clinch and his work, maybe you know him, give us a call at 800-639-2211. I'm also curious to hear what folks are reading these days if you're a historical fiction fan. You can email us as well at vermontedition at vermontpublic.org. So, John, first, what sparked your interest to write about Ulysses S. Grant, our 18th president? You know, it's always interesting to consider the things that we <clears throat> know about important people, although we're all important people in our way, and the <laughs> things that we don't know, the things that we ignore. Um, and when I finished reading uh, Ron Chernow's biography of Grant a few years ago, I'm sure it's been read by a lot of your listeners, um, the thing that I really walked away with was not his uh, heroism in the Civil War or his uh, judgment as a president or any of those things. It was actually the last year of his life, and in particular, the last 38 or 40 days of his life, during which he was dying of cancer. He had lost all of his money to a Ponzi scheme. And uh, in order to keep his family afloat after he was gone, he threw himself into writing his memoirs, which he finished just three days before he died. Uh, to me, that was heroism of a uh, of a level and a familial a familial sort that uh, was unmatched by the rest of his life, and I wanted to think about that. Hmm. Now, this isn't your first rodeo writing historical fiction, and I'm always curious no. to hear how authors do their research. Now, you mentioned the the Ron Chernow bi biography, but I'm curious if there were other sources that, that you found really valuable when you were diving into Grant's life and that period of time. Good question. Uh, basically, I you have to remember about me the fact that uh, as far as research goes, I'm really more of a uh, more of a of a uh, a happy puppy dog, a golden retriever. When I go out there to learn things, and I uh, I always insist if I've dug up some interesting fact, on bringing it back and showing it to the reader, and that's a terrible thing. Why? <laughs> you've you've probably read books. At least it's terrible by my lights. Um, it's a terrible thing if it causes the book to get lumpy. Um, if there, if certain things stand out as you go from page to page and you want to, and you, you tend to think, oh, the author found that out and he wants me to know. Mm. Um, so therefore, uh, <laughs> it's better for me to know enough 
but not to track down too much detail. Um, thus, in the case of uh, the Grant book, not only was the Chernow biography and a couple of others, they were helpful. Uh, also helpful was uh, Mark Twain's biography, his giant three-volume biography that came out a couple of years ago uh, because he was a friend of Grant's. And in his, in I think it's the second book of his autobiography, he talks about the day that they first met. And uh, he reports later about uh, helping Grant get his book published. And uh, therefore, uh, uh, Twain's recollections were as helpful to me in the things that I was interested in as uh, Grant's recollections were. Hmm. Well, you mentioned being like a puppy with some some exciting facts that you learned. Um, and I am curious if there is something that you learned about Ulysses S. Grant during your research into his life that that surprised you or, or some little tidbit that did make it into the book. Here's something that did. How about something that didn't make it into the book? Uh, <laughs> this is uh, an interesting fact that I, I'm not sure if I learned this during the research or after. I think it might have come after. Uh, and it's an interesting Point for this moment in our history, or the last few years of our history, uh, Ulysses Grant was the only sitting president ever to be arrested. Hmm. He really? His, yeah, he loved horses. He loved horses above almost anything except his country and his family. Is that related uh, to the arrest? Oh, yes, it was. <laughs> he he and, and some friends of his had their horses hooked up to carriages, and they were actually racing down the streets of Washington, D.C. They were uh, they were stopped, as you might expect, by a policeman who was surprised to discover that, the, uh, that one of the gentlemen was the sitting president of the United States. He gave him a warning, uh, advised uh, Grant and his pals not to do this again. The next day, he caught them at it once more. Hmm. Grant ended up going with him down to the down to the down to the station, as they say, and uh, paying a twenty dollar fine and accepting his own guilt and returning to the White House, never to do it again, as far as I know. Mm, fascinating. <laughs> that, that tells you a lot about him. Uh, it tells you a lot about his, you know, his background, his love for horses. He was he was he was a famous horseman. Uh, the wilder and the less tame, the less broken a horse, the better. Uh, but also he took responsibility for the things that he did. Uh, you, he, he didn't try to get out of it. He did not retaliate against the policeman who it turns out was a black man, by the way. And uh, he just took what was coming to him, mm -hmm. which is per perfectly in keeping with Ulysses Grant. And if I remember cor correctly, the, the Grant Memorial in Washington, D.C. is a towering statue of him on a horse, which is even more fitting now that I know this backstory. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. Now, in, in the author's note to your book, The General and Julia, you write, there is no such thing as a voice from the past. The moment a writer places one word into the mouth of a person sufficiently dead, he has slipped free from the world of facts. But there are riches to be gathered out there. The life of the mind is all interpretation anyhow. So, John, uh, how do you decide when to take creative liberties uh, when when writing historical fiction about a person who you know many of your readers might already know a lot about and you know might wonder is this truth is this fiction fair question um i think that if i were to cut up uh the pages of the general and julia and uh, stack on the right hand all the stuff that actually happened 
and stack on the left hand all the stuff that didn't happen, with the exception of, you know, dramatized dialogue and so forth. I mean, because those are the things that, as I say, there's no voice from the past. There's no no way we could know what his conversation was with Julia about a particular subject. But if you were to stack up all the things that were absolutely based on reality and all the things that I absolutely made up, um, the, the, uh, the pile of stuff I made up would be very, very small. Hmm. There are only a couple of sequences that I can even think of that I made up myself. And one of them I persuaded myself I made up until uh, a friend of mine, sent me a clipping from some magazine about exactly that sequence. So I was even down one. Oh, wow. I tried to be very, to be very, very, <laughs> very true to reality. You know, my, my idea was by looking really closely at the reality of this person and what we knew, what we knew about what he did, um, I could be able to look inside his mind a bit and understand and put together a narrative about why he did that. And that's a thing that uh, historians don't dare to do, but it's so it's what uh, novelists kind of have to do. Mm. Well, listeners, if you have read John Clinch's new novel, The General and Julia, or perhaps another book about Ulysses S. Grant and want to tell us about it, give us a call at 800-639-2211. Oh, you were particularly interested, John, uh, in Grant's views on race and the the reconstruction period after the civil war can you tell us a little bit more about how that factors into into your work in the book i will uh, part of the things that are one of the things that's important to remember when you read fiction especially um, historical fiction is that no book is ever written in a vacuum the author himself finds his way onto the page whether he wants to or not uh, the world in which the author lives, the air he breathes, finds its way onto the page. And we live in a, in a time where there is so much division, where the, where, where the rift between South and North has yet to be healed fully, um, that it seemed to me that Ulysses Grant was a worthwhile lens through which to look at that. Um, in fact, he uh, he began his life as uh, in an abolitionist family. His father was a staunch abolitionist. He married a woman whose father owned slaves. And uh, Julia actually was accompanied by one of her father's slaves uh, throughout the Civil War. So that was a question for, uh, for me to think about answering. Um, how did he intern, how might he internally have dealt with that? Um, hmm. As uh, time went by, he, he, he at the beginning didn't care much about the institution of slavery. It was a, it was a bad business decision, he thought, uh, but it wasn't much of anything else to worry about. And as time went by, uh, his, his relation with an understanding of uh, both the institution of slavery and Black people as individuals and as a group matured and, and changed. And when... Uh, when he settled or uh, had the truce that ended the Civil War um, with Robert E. Lee, he went on in some ways that we know about to wonder if the thing he had said, the thing that they had agreed to in the surrender documentation um, was entirely correct because he had essentially said to Lee, uh, to the South, like, like it says in the Bible, go forth and sin no more. 
um, instead of calling for them to be punished. Um, he began to wonder as time went by if that had been the right thing to do. Hmm. Well, fascinating. Well, I, I'm just keeping an eye on the time here. John, I have so many more questions for you and for listeners who are, are compelled by your book and the story of Grant. Be sure to pick up the General and Julia a novel at your local bookshop. John, are you doing any uh, upcoming book events or, or tours? Yeah. Uh, where can people see you and talk to you about the book? It's just about running out right now, actually. Tonight, however, uh, is one of my last two dates. I'll be at Northshire Books in Saratoga Springs, not far from home here in Vermont. And uh, I'll be there sponsored by, of all places, the Friends of Grant Cottage, which is over there in New York, in New York State in the Adirondacks. It's the cottage where he died. So those folks who maintain and run that place will be greeting me and uh, sponsoring me there at Northshire tonight at six o'clock. Hmm. Well, lastly, uh, John, you've mentioned the um, the Ron Chernow biography of Ulysses S. Grant that you read before writing this book. Uh, Chernow also wrote the book uh, about Alexander Hamilton, which inspired yes, the, the musical Hamilton. Do you think there needs to be a musical Grant? <laughs> That's. I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, because because I, I it, I've always thought that if anybody needed to be have have me explain to them uh, what the Grant book was, what the General and Julia is, I would say that it's my version of Hamilton. It's my taking of a real person and making him into a a piece of art that tried to get inside his mind and his story. So yeah, it's it's a it's a similar thing even if it doesn't go any farther we don't have a film deal or anything like that yet. Um but if uh, if it doesn't go beyond the page, I like to think that uh, the musical quality of uh, of the writing which is important to me um provides a little music, <laughs> not rap music, but my own music. <laughs> well, Lynn Manuel Miranda, if you are listening today, think about it. Grant the musical coming soon. All right. John Clinch, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. Thank you, Michaela. It's been a pleasure.